You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers you have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you a chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at $1 million top prize. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoots! Welcome, everyone, to episode 32 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here at the Hockey Podcast Network. I am joined again after a solo episode last week by my good friend, Kyle. Kyle, Mary Clinchmas, my friend. We've made the playoffs, buddy. Yay. Sorry I uh, was out in the last episode. Had some uh, tough stuff to get to. I had to take a couple exams, you know, finish up my semester here. But hey. Now we're good to go. We can just watch Oilers hockey. And you know what? The Oilers have made the playoffs. Uh, they haven't done a lot since I've been alive, but they do it this year. And it feels good. And it feels even better because I remember when uh, they made the playoffs in 2017, they didn't cl- They clinched with like like one game, two games remaining. It, w- it came down to the wire. Now we've got seven games. We've got one game we're going to talk about, but they have seven games now. They, they get to just play for positioning and to tweak and rest for the playoffs Uh, and I think before we even talk about the games like just having already clinched like that rest is going to be so useful don't you think oh yeah I mean you're definitely now that you've clinched the playoffs you're you're probably playing uh, more your depth lines getting those guys a little more time some more reps you know you're not sitting anybody out entirely but you know guys are more apt to take you know a rest day or two maybe sit out for something and you know, certainly play a few less shifts just to, um, you know, save their legs for what everybody's hoping for is a, a deep playoff run. So love to see the uh, the ability to rest, you know, with this many games left in the season. 
Yeah, maybe knock a few minutes off of McDavid and Drysaddle shifts. You know, yeah, exactly. instead of playing them twenty-two, you can play them. You know, eighteen. You know, give them a little bit of rest. And hell, I mean, I I'm still of the opinion McDavid hits the hundred points and you rest him the rest of the games. And I mean, he's he's on an absolute tear right now. I think he's going to hit it with a couple games to spare. And I think if he hits it with one two games to spare, you sit him the rest. Like he's not playing yeah. those last two games. Right. What do we have left? Was it five, six games? We got uh, five games left. Five, seven points in five games. That's like for the rest of the league. It's like oh, but for Connor, that's like oh. I mean, he yeah. he could put up a three point night and then put two points up and have two games off to rest type deal. Like yeah. that's he's, I mean, that's the pace he's on right now. In in all honesty, in all reality, he could put a five piece up tomorrow. Yeah, or what, what next game? Yeah be fine we have clinched the playoffs and last episode kyle uh you missed your prediction hitting on the money you hit with a 3-1 prediction last week which gave you a quite a bit of an edge you're coming into this week with a 33 to 29 edge on the prediction challenge however that would quickly change because you know you weren't here it was late i was like predicting i gotta predict a, a score for this two canucks game so i figure we'll start hot and we'll start with a usual one. And I predicted a 5-3 win. And now, if you don't believe me, because I, I don't know if you've listened to the episode, here's the sound bite, my friend. So for the first game, I'm predicting A, and I'm sure you can guess it as well, a 5-3 win. I text Kyle. He's predicting a tighter game. He's saying a 2-1 overtime win. Hearing it there, as you can see, we got a 5-3 prediction for me. And it actually hits for once. Thank goodness. Buddy, you finally did it. Look at you. 5-3. Very proud of you. It took almost all season, but hey, it hit. So so now that it, it hit, that means I just have to keep predicting it, right? Because it, it means it's going to keep hitting? Duh, exactly. Like, so luckily, the hockey gods and Connor McDavid heard, uh, and we come into this game. We get the 5-3 win. It's the first <laughs> half of a back-to-back versus the Vancouver Canucks. On the Monday, I thought that they would do Smith and then Koskinen, but instead they flipped it. They did Koskinen and then Smith, and we've seen Koskinen twice within a week, which is awesome, just to see them their legs. I think Smith is very obviously the starter going into the playoffs. He's the one they're going to be playing, but it's it's nice to know that if we need, Koskinen has the ability to step in and play well, just like I figured he, he would, and he's done it this last week for sure. Um, we also see a couple other people come in. We see Jujar Kara return from injury. We also see Tyler Ennis come in. And just, I don't know why Tyler Ennis hasn't played every game of the season. Every time I see Tyler Ennis on the ice, he has unbelievable hands. Like the dude yeah. pull, oh, yeah. pulls off a move, like he's pulling off moves every shift. I mean, I think even in, in the second Vancouver game we'll talk about, he almost hit the lacrosse goal. Which yeah. Was, oh, yeah. It so was I, close, I don't know why... Ennis is ever sitting because every time I see him, he is like an absolute buzzer on the ice. I love to see him in the lineup. He's pretty quick too. I mean, he, he really moves well. Um, and he sees the ice pretty good too. Like, like he takes his time in the corners whenever he has the puck, he takes his time and he's like, he's holding possession, but also trying to look to make the play too. It, it, I don't understand why they uh, don't play him either as often, but yeah, I mean, that second game, he, he was playing really good. 
Yeah, he doesn't get any points in in either of them. But I, again, like I think he's always like a positive. Like he's always in the offensive yeah. zone, creating chances. Um, and he's just a a really good pro. And I was really happy when we brought him in to return this season. And I just feel like we haven't really used him as much as as I would have liked. Uh, but luckily in this game, the Oilers are able to get onto the board or early. It's the pool party. Jesse Pugliarvi continues his outstanding season. He slams home a just a gross passing play from Drysaddle and McDavid um, on the forecheck. And it was a really strong period from the Oilers. Nate Schmidt would tie the game with about six minutes left in the first period. He would shoot through a screen. And then we would head with after a really strong first period that would only be tied 1-1. We head to the second period uh, with that tie that would quickly be broken by Tyson Berry just 18 seconds into the period. It's a shot off the faceoff. He sort of sneaks in down low, taps it in down low, uh, eludes Tanner Pearson, who lost his man. Um, and we see Barry go on. And McDavid has played exactly 20 minutes and 18 seconds, and the dude's got two points already. And that would continue because just a couple minutes later, Later, uh, he would score his 30th goal of the season on the rush. Holtby gets a pretty big chunk of it, but he just cannot keep the puck out, uh, and it goes in. Um, and then Miller would score 39 seconds later to make it 3-2. And then with 44.1 seconds left in the second period, Cahoon would score to make it 4-2 again, off again a really nice passing play. It was a dominant second period from the Oilers, even though they did allow uh, that one goal by Miller. And it was really just all Oilers in that second period. They forechecked hard. They kept the Canucks to the outside a lot. And then we just see, you know, the ability of McDavid take over a little bit. And then we also see down the lineup, we see the line of Nugent Hopkins, Cahoon, and Yamamoto has looked really strong as well, forechecking well. And the Oilers explode uh, in the second period. They would make it 4-3, but McDavid heard my prediction. Like I said, he would bury the empty netter for his fourth point of the night and to give the Oilers the 5-3 win. And the Oilers, with that, they clinch the playoffs. McDavid hits 91 points on the season, and he becomes the third player ever, only Gretzky and Lemieux, to do 90 points in 50 games. Much like every other record he puts up, that's uh, impressive company to be with there. And and a, a good record at that. Like, it's funny because... I think the 20, I think it was 2013, 2014, Art Ross, like the the most most points was uh, Jamie Benn with like 87 points in 82 games. He played all 82. Yeah. <laughs> and McDavid was like, nah, I got it in 50. Don't worry. Yeah. Th- <laughs> there was, a, there was a stat, not if, but when McDavid hits 100 points this season, he will have outscored 25% of all Art Ross winners in the yep. year of the 2000s, including himself in 2017. It's ridiculous. They're it's scoring an, at a stupid pace. Yeah, and it's felt like down the stretch here as we've gotten closer and as people, more and more people have talked about, is he going to do the 100 points in 56 games in the shortened season? And, you know, people have been placing their bets. It feels like as we've gotten tighter to it, he's only gotten better. Like that has only fueled him to put up more points, push himself. And it also helps that the entire team around him is also clicking. Like I said, in this game, we saw, you know, some contribution from down the lineup. We saw Ennis, I think, had a really strong game. McLeod has looked quite good. He's 
Yeah. The dude's a blur out there. There are a couple guys that skate in the same style and with a little bit of speed through the neutral zone that I will be like, is that Connor or is that someone else? And he, he is one of those guys. He'll pick him up. And if you don't see the number, you could confuse him for McDavid carrying the puck through the neutral zone, uh, which is a pretty, pretty big compliment for a guy that's only played four NHL games up to this point. Uh, I mean, it's a really strong game. The Oilers clinch the playoffs. They're 31, 17, and two with a pretty firm stranglehold on that second place in the North Division. So uh, what did you think about the first game, Kyle? I thought it was a, a good showing, especially, you know, showing up to play the uh, the Canucks again. And just, you know, we got a, a few more games against them. I think it's putting a precedent on uh, the remaining games that we're going to play against them. Just showing up and say, hey, listen, we're going we're gonna to play hard for the rest of the season it's gonna you're gonna have to fight for it so i like you said i like the the contribution from down the line so it's not just you know connor and uh leon but i also i agree with you i think the uh that line of uh nugent hopkins and yamamoto i think they were playing very well um with cahoon which was nice to see cahoon start participating a little more in the uh just being a a bit more of a threat you know because earlier in the season we were talking about how he was kind of underperforming just a little bit. But I think with that line, with the right line, he's he's stepping up. Overall, it was a good game. Well, the thing I like, the thing I also like about that line is we've seen Yamamoto has been pretty snake bitten in the in the goal scoring. And he's had opportunities. We even like we saw him a couple games ago in the Jets. Like he had an gross move. Hellebuck robs him on the breakaway. He's hit a couple posts in these last couple games, but like that line is always doing stuff, something that is important and valuable. Like it's just forechecking all the time. And I know it's only like a matter of time till they start to explode. And also great play, great pass from Kulikov uh, on that play over to Cahoon uh, to smash it home. And so then we get to turn around the next night and take them on once again, though we have safely um, secured a playoff spot. So again, this is just to rest and to get the guys in. And we start to see that. We see Smith come back in on the second half of the back-to-back. We also see Lagason and Bouchard, uh, a complete defensive line change as Caleb Jones and Ethan Bayer both go out and then finally 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 we see Bouchard and we also get Lagason in there and the game starts a little bit different Besser would score 34 seconds into the game on a bit of a rush a bit of a turnover we lose our man in the zone and then they it goes in off of his skates off of a pass cross crease and into the net but the Oilers then after that little lapse in the first period I thought it was really all Oilers they were pushing, they were hitting posts, they were generating chances. Demko was playing well, but he was also getting quite lucky. And I thought that it was really only a matter of time till they broke out. And then the second period, it was just, again, all Edmonton Oilers. Like, it, it was just chase on, smash one off the post. We're, we're getting robbed by Demko uh, on a, like a three-on-two play, uh, on a really nice play f- from uh, the Cahoon, Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins line. I thought we were just all over them, even into that second period. Uh, we outshoot them in the second period, 14-6 to six in that period alone. And it wasn't until uh, with just 5.31 left, Dreisaitl would snipe after McDavid forced a turnover. Um, and it felt that Dreisaitl puts it in, and everyone just goes, all right, there it is. And you felt that the Canucks were like, oh, we couldn't, couldn't yeah. hold it. They couldn't get that second one either. And we tied that one. They were like, oh no. And it, it really was just, oh no. Cause a couple minutes. That, that was a beautiful play too. 
Oh yeah. Um, a great play from McDavid. Like he, you could see McDavid thinking and just stop and go, I'm going to stand here. Cause he's going to give the puck a right to me. And then the, yep. Miller tries to rim the puck back to his defenseman. McDavid is standing exactly where he knew, like he knew the puck was going to be like, yep. he read Miller's mind passes mm-hmm. it to the slot and then dry side just nonchalant just gorgeous pink, pink. short side up. <laughs> exactly just, just disgusting and demko just like looks like he was playing like he was standing on his head if they were going to win that game it was kind of it was because demko was going to steal them a yeah. points there and they yeah. we score that one and it was like all right here we go and then kind of a funny play that leads to our power play that would get a, give us the lead the canucks get a power play and then within 10 seconds of them taking that power play they take a penalty to make it four on four and then within another 10 seconds of the four on four starting they take a high sticking penalty on barry and then we get to go on to the rare four on three power play and then mcdavid to dry side a one-timer smashes at home and we're in the lead mcdavid again he's played the dude's played 25 30 minutes of a hockey game two points easy just like that we get the mcdavid uh watch uh gets to 93 he doesn't get any more points in this game however but then on the power play with 44.6 seconds left in the second period evan bouchard who i was seeing they were running a lot of minutes and i think also because like we were saying We've clinched the playoffs now. Uh, he's a little bit okay with giving Bouchard a bunch of power play minutes and and running. We were cycling all four lines. It felt a lot more. We were running through them, um, especially once we had the lead. We started to cycle through our lines a lot more. But Bouchard, with a really nice play on the power play, uh, fakes the slap shot and then just nice little wrist shot through traffic, gets it home for the 3-1 score. We go into the third period couple really strong penalty kills by the Oilers. And then Darnell Nurse would score to up his season totals even more to make it a 4-1 win on a great pass from Archibald to sort of turn a one-on-one into a partial breakaway for Nurse. And we win McDavid up to 93 points. He needs just seven points in five games now. Uh, and we are 32-17-2. and two. So we have five games versus the Canucks. I said in the last episode, I thought that we should win at least four of those games, and we're already up to two. So what do you think so far, Kyle? I think that that second game was, like you were saying, they, they went up one nothing early, but you could tell it was, they were not, that was not the Canucks game. If you, if you watched it, um, I, I actually got the uh, opportunity to watch most of this one. That beautiful passing play by that um, Nugent Hopkins, Cahoon, Yamamoto line that got uh, stuffed by Demko. That was that was just a gorgeous play. I thought that was going in. Overall, they played really well. I like the way that Bouchard played too. Well, it was funny because I saw the other day, um, they asked Bouchard if, if he wanted to go to the AHL. They like they asked him. They were like, "Hey, like, like, do you want to go down or do you want to stay up here?" And he was like, "No, that's all right. I'll, uh, I'll stay. In, I'll stay in practice here uh, and be ready just in case injury." And now they're putting him in, and he's putting points up. You know, I, I think everybody's gearing up for the playoffs. I'll briefly we'll talk about it again the uh, the Ennis the balls on that guy to try to pull off the uh, the lacrosse goal. It almost goes too. He almost got it. For I think split, if you would had for a split second, I actually thought it went in because from the camera angle on the ice, right? Because he's behind he the, lost net, the puck, and yeah. he he pulled it up and he loses the puck on the back of the net. But at the same time, he sort of like threw his hands up, and I was like, no. And then and then the puck continues. I was like, oh oh my god, because yeah. if Tyler I... Ennis scores a little cross, 
in, in an NHL yeah. game for the Edmonton Oilers. We're living in a we're we're living oh, yeah. in a simulation. Oh, yeah. Like this isn't it's, real anymore. I think if you would have got a little bit more of that, like flat on the blade, that would have gone. I think the problem was it was bouncing a little much, and he was trying to kind of whack it in. And yeah, the the balls to do it, like. He's on a team with Connor. I wonder, like, if anyone said anything to him. Like, do you think the coach says something to him for trying that, or like McDavid looks at him like, like for well, doing that? See, but I think the pro- I think I think if he would have tried it in like a different situation, um, like like if the, the situation perfectly lent itself to that. So I think I think if he would have uh, like went out of his way to try it or something like that. And I mean, he, again, he got very close to it. So I think if he was further away from getting the like further away from making it happen, like if it was a worse try, I think somebody might have given it some shit for it. But other than that, you've clinched the playoffs. Let the boys play, you know? Yeah, he, he, he had the time and space for it. Like you said, like if there are there's a mo- a time and a place to do it, like that was as about as good of a time and place as you're going to get. And he got pretty damn close. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of those things like, you know, Connor's the best player in the world. But I think that's one of those things that he just doesn't care to try because he scores every other possible way. And I'm sure he could figure it out and pull it off. But that's just kind of one of those things that he doesn't really do. If anything, I think Connor probably gave him the nice guy. Way to go. <laughs> I think the, the problem the problem with that move and Connor is that move requires you to be standing still. And yeah, Connor exactly. McDavid is just he never doesn't do much of that. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> So we we got the two wins versus the Canucks. Like I said, we've got a series of five versus the Canucks coming up. We've got a prediction for two of them. However, this game we've got of uh, this episode, we've got two, one on Thursday, one on Saturday. After this last two wins, we are now five and two on the season series versus the Canucks and the Canucks are 19, 25 and three. So Kyle, you weren't here last episode and I'm currently on a hot streak. So I'll let you start. What do you think uh, these two games versus the Canucks are going to lend itself? I think uh, the way it's been going, I think it's going to keep going. Uh, I'm going to say big, a big win for this next game here. I'm going to go with a 5-2 victory. Not, not quite 5-3. 5-2 uh, for the first one. All right. You know what? I don't know. See, I, I always worry that after beating an opponent multiple times in a row, and I had this worry when we were beating Ottawa so many times is one, you got to play the odds a little bit. The more right. times you win, the more likely you are to lose one of them for, yeah, versus exactly. an opponent. So if we're gaming this a little bit, uh, it'd be hard for me to keep predicting wins here, but the boys don't predict losses. So we don't predict losses. Either. So you know what? After a four-one win, I think the Canucks are going to come out and I think they're probably going to push to score a couple more. Uh, so I'm going to say a 4-3 overtime win. And then uh, we got a follow-up here. Second game on Saturday. Kyle, what do you think? Second game. I'm going to go a 4-2 on this Saturday, on the, on Saturday game. And I think I'm going to throw my caveat in. McDavid puts up four points. Is this the 100-point game then? You think he gets close enough with the first game that with four points in the, in this second game he hits 100? Yes, so he would have to put up at least he's three at 93. Points. He's at 93 right now, so he'd have to put up at least three points in the first game. Seven points in two games. He's gross, though. I know. Like, <laughs> how do you – like, it's hard. He's gross, you, though. You say seven points in two games and any other player, you're like, yeah, that's a little much, but it's McDavid. He's, but he's gross. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that it's quite the 100-point game, but I think he puts up four points. All right, all right. So we'll just say four points, no 100 points. I am going to say 
5-3 win. McDavid, 100 points, baby. 100 Love points. The 100 yeah, points for the McDavid. All righty. Well, you know, all that enthusiasm, uh, I'm going to have to calm down a little bit. So we're going to take a quick ad break here, and then we will be right back because, boy, do we got some doozy of a news segment coming up. So we'll be right back, Kyle. What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benners Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. For He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Fickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. Alrighty, and we are back. So we've got some NHL news. So I will start off with the very small bullet point. Then we'll get to our one large news segment. Um, then we'll wrap this thing up. So the first thing is we've got two more teams clinching the NHL playoffs. As I said, your Edmonton Oilers are into the playoffs, but also the Boston Bruins have clinched the playoffs. So that finishes off that division. So we have Pittsburgh, the New York Islanders, the Washington Capitals, and the Boston Bruins are into the playoffs in that division. They have locked that one up. There is still one more spot in the other two, and then we have are the bottom two spots left in the North Division to be locked up. But with that being said, congratulations to the Boston Bruins, though. To be fair, I've never really doubted they were going to miss the playoffs, and that division yeah. locks up and finishes exactly, I think, as everyone predicted it. Um, yeah, pretty much. And then Oilers are in, celebrations all around. But the story that everyone is talking about right now, it is headlines all over. It's, it's almost not even hockey news. It's just sports news at this point. Tom Wilson playing a game for the Washington Capitals versus the New York Rangers. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich had an opportunity in front on the net. Uh, doesn't go in. There's a bit of a scrum in front. Tom Wilson ends up on top of Buchnevich as he normally does. And that's about as all it goes. And if you haven't seen the video yet, everyone is sort of still and the scrum's about to pass. And then Wilson just smashes him in, in the neck, on the ground, uh, in the back, basically. Just gives him yeah. a, a good pop and then all like hell breaks loose. Face first into the ice. Yeah, face first in the ice, all hell breaks loose, as you would expect. Artemi Panarin jumps in there trying to protect his teammate, and then Wilson Batista bomb RKOs him into the ice, like judo flips him, and then gives him a, like, a good five or six fists to the face while he's on the ground, and then is pulled off of him. He was given two minor penalties on the play, uh, so four minutes for roughing, and then he was given a 10-minute game misconduct and kicked out of the game. Buchnevich was not injured. Panarin left the game, would not return, and has since come out that he is out for the rest of the season with an injury, a lower body injury, luckily not an upper body injury because a lot of people were worried about concussions and stuff because his helmet was not on when he was judo flipped. So he gets judo flipped, uh, lower body injury, but he is out rest of the season as direct to this. Um, everyone is waiting for the spot, the fine, the the ban or the suspension of Tom Wilson, and then eventually it comes out that 
he gets a five thousand dollar fine and that's it and we'll, we'll start just there like i showed the video to my girlfriend and one of her friends they're not ho hockey fans so they don't really understand the context or like the rules or other than they know that they're allowed to fight and they were like that's that's pretty brutal and i it's it's a brutal play it's an it's a nasty play and and like you were saying too it if you watch the video it's all calm it's all just the typical end of the you know everybody was scramming for the puck in front there's four or five guys in front just kind of a bit of a scrum and it was almost done everybody's just going to kind of get up go to the face off call it a day and tom was like eh, that's okay i'll just attempt murder it's okay yeah he, he woke <laughs> and, up and chose violence oh certainly i don't know that there's a day on earth that that man doesn't wake up and choose violence i think a five thousand dollar fine for something like that for as big of a repeat offender as Tom Wilson is, is an absolute joke, a complete mockery of the disciplinary system. Like if you're going to attempt to discipline people, it, you know, the NHL recently has been trying to, uh, you know, kind of eliminate, eliminate retaliation, anger towards, towards the team. You know, if, if one guy gets hurt because of a dirty play or something, the league is going to take care of the discipline. You don't have to go out and beat up some other, some one of their other guys. You know what I mean? So they're trying to reduce some of that, but you would think that you'd use your head. He got suspended seven games already this season. Was that last season? I think it was this season. Yeah, that was yeah, the, was this that was the was beginning this of, this was the beginning season, of this season because we were talking so got, because he, he was hurting himself because of yeah, the shortened season. I remember talking about that exactly. with you. So he gets a seven-game saucy in the beginning of the season, and then you're like, oh, here you go. Pay us five grand, which in Tom Wilson money is five cents. And you expect, I mean, you, you have to know, you have to know that somewhere in, you know, the remainder of the season, I, I believe the Rangers and the Caps play again before the end of the season. I mean, you got to expect the Capitals player. Dude, to get they, they play again tonight. So if anybody thinks that one of the, one of the bigger, tougher guys on the Rangers, it's not going to absolutely work somebody, maybe Tom Wilson, maybe somebody else. It doesn't matter. Somebody's going to get some heat for that. And if you think they're not, you're completely naive. I saw um, that the New York Rangers were considering calling up one of their 6'4", 220-pound AHLers specifically for this game. He's got like 220 penalty minutes. <laughs> in, and like that's old school. And I think that's what the, oh, the yeah. was trying to avoid. With, exactly. Right, they're, they're actively trying to avoid that, and they're supposed to be cracking down on it. So this 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 five thousand dollar fine is is ridiculous. And so now, in response to that, New York Rangers put out a scathing statement, and here it is. Oh, piping hot. Yeah. So they here we go. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying acts of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long time history of these types of acts. And we find it shocking that the NHL and their department of player safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty from the NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Wow. Wow. They called for this man's job publicly. They called for his head, dude. Like, they want oh, him yeah. out. They want public execution. Frankly, I think it's a bit warranted. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I would, I'd say, boot him. But 
I mean, I certainly think that this was kind of brushed by, kind of a, a push it under the, kick the ice under the fridge situation, deal with it later, because that's just wild. I don't, I don't understand, like, where does that, if you're looking at that, and even, even you said, um, you know, when you showed it to the ladies, they were appalled by what happened. If you don't really understand what's going on and you're still shocked at how much they're getting away with there, think about that. Like, like those guys, that, that's their life. <laughs> I mean, it's tough to see that and then not expect something absolutely wild to happen tonight. And they're talking about they want to protect the superstars of the game. And you, you would be dumb to think Artemi Panarin isn't a superstar in the game. Oh, yeah. The, the dude's one of the best in the, in the in the world right now. Right. Like he's a he's the best one of the best players. I'd say the best player on the New York Rangers. I got the quote here from David Quinn, the coach on Panarin here. Not at all. I mean, uh, to me, anybody in hockey, certainly everybody in our organization is very disappointed. Certainly thought it was warranted, uh, deemed, warranted a suspension. Uh, we're just really disappointed. The line was crossed. Uh, the guy didn't have his helmet on. Vulnerable. He got hurt. You know, to me, it was uh, there was an awful lot there to suspend him. I mean, that's the, that's the head coach of the New York Rangers right there. You know, and I think it comes from an original six team. That hurts, you know, as an organization. Like, like that's one of the most storied, successful teams in sports. Honestly, they're, you know, they're 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 a very long standing, and I think they they do very well at picking their battles. No, you know, most teams aren't very outspoken. Um, and I think they've chosen this one and said, Hey, like, this is no more. Like, it's not good. I agree. I, I, I think that's a good, a good take by the Rangers there. Do you think the, the league, because a lot of people are like, right. As we, we just said, this was a direct call for the head of an employee of the NHL. So a lot of people are speculating the league might retaliate and fine the Rangers for this. Do you expect uh, I, something so far? I, I have heard from, from all the stuff that, all the insiders that I've listened to, the NHL has basically not commented. They, they're not saying anything right now. Well, so I think mainly right now what's going on is I think the NHL is trying to wrap their head around, one, how much they goofed on that, uh, on that ruling, and two, you know, the backlash that they're going to get from, from such a blatant call for you know, action from, from a team. I think they will catch a fine probably, but if I'm – David Quinn or the GM or president or the owner of the Rangers, I'll eat that fine every day, twice on Sunday. I mean, that's one of the things that, because think about it now, if you're, if you're a player in the draft or, you know, looking to get scouted and, and the Rangers pick you, oh, the Rangers will have your back and, and cares about not only that you're there to, you know, ultimately make yourself a little money and make them some money and win hockey games, but they care about your safety and they care. They, they want you to, to feel safe when you're playing hockey. So I, I think it's a great move by the Rangers and I, I would take that fine every day. So I guess last thing on this then, uh, obviously they, they, the font, they can't do anything else about the punishment of Tom Wilson. So he's got, he's gotten away with it at this point. Yeah. Yep. Do you think that, because I saw this take from former enforcer, John Scott, that with this decision, it's open season. Now every scrum, oh, yeah. he, right. He was saying that like now every scrum, every tussle after a whistle, right. Guys are getting elbows, ankle twisted, shots to the back do you expect to like see some ramifications like that in the game uh, now 
I think uh, at least for these two teams specifically, um, and maybe even some other teams that have uh, taken notice and, and, you know, would like to take a little uh, preemptive action. Um, I, I think Tom Wilson has opened himself and his team up to some rough potential. I think, I think they could get absolutely worked. And I, I think there's a, a, a strong possibility for the, for the Capitals to do pretty well in, in this playoffs. And I think it'll be tough because there may be a couple guys that might not make it to the playoffs considering they have a few games left and it could get dangerous on the ice. I, it was funny. I saw um, George LaRock tweeted at the Rangers and said, sign me for a one day contract and I'll, I'll deal with Tom Wilson myself. I mean, that's one of the most well-known enforcers in, in the history of the game. So I think the Washington Capitals are in danger. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that because there have been a couple other enforcers. Like, I think I even heard, I saw a quote from Colton Orr talking about, like, he wouldn't dare do that if I was on the ice. Like, there were there are a couple of old-time enforcers that almost take that as, like, a slight against them because everyone, yeah. I think, also because everyone's like, oh, Tom Wilson's an enforcer. And these old-school enforcers are like, no, this guy's a rat. Mm. And he's giving yeah. us a, he's giving us a bad name and let me at him, even though they're like 55, you know, well, like, see, like, but the best part is, I think still, even at like 55, they'd, oh, they'd work him so good. Oh, I, guess, I would I, still not want to fight John Scott, oh the Rock, any of those guys. Hell no. Oh, no way. I think the difference is because there is that that big lack of enforcers in the league now that because it's such a. Uh, antiquated role it's let itself it's let itself to be like tom wilson is now known as an enforcer but he's not he's he's an agitator he fights but he's not an enforcer an enforcer fights when his team needs him to fight you know to show to show like hey do something weird and it, it's gonna get it's gonna get dangerous for you but tom wilson does it on purpose to, to stir up some trouble so um, yeah, I think Tom, that's the Tom, difference. In... Tom Wilson's an instigator. I think that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it is. He, he goes out of his way to do it. Enforcers finish the fight. He starts the fight. Exactly. To equate it, I think it's, it's kind of like old school mob bosses and, uh, you know, new, new mob guys. And the old school mob bosses are looking at these guys like, no, you guys are clowns. Like, you want to do it, do it legit. <laughs> well, so that, that's obviously the big piece of news. So I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on the upcoming Rangers Capitals games here because we expect, I mean, Tom Wilson will probably be in the lineup. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do, especially if the Rangers decide to call up some of their AHL goons. That'll definitely add a strange flair. I think the refs are going to, yeah, the refs <laughs> are going to have to take control of that game because it yeah. can get out of hand quite quickly. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. However, uh, with that, I think we are going to wrap this one up. Uh, Merry Clinchmas again. We've got um, awesome, some awesome Oilers games. Hopefully we can keep the good times rolling coming up here with these two games coming up. And uh, I'll definitely be watching the Capitals game uh, tonight. Uh, at, yeah. Other than that, be sure to follow us on Twitter. That's going to be at the rig underscore rats. Also, be sure to leave a subscription or leave a comment, leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud helps out a great deal. And Kyle, it is good to have you back, buddy. And I hope you're getting ready for the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Love some playoff hockey. All right. Well, uh, with these games coming up, uh, as always, let's go Oilers. Oilers.